Blog Talk Radio. about, um, um, you know, women, you know, just right off the back of the International Women's Day celebration. And I'm pretty excited because it's pretty much a packed show. It's going to be a whammer because wherever you're listening from, uh, feel free to join the conversation. You can get on Twitter and hashtag the Naked Talk, Twitter at Alexagorgi, and um, let's get your contributions. Um, well, uh, it's pretty amazing because right off the back of uh, the International Women's Day, actually got a copy of Sarah Gray's book, um, Strong Women Only Intimidate Weak Men. And I kept asking myself, you know, isn't this uh, pretty much um, illuminating in terms of the fact that, you know, this sort of coincides with the Women's Month celebration and there's been the struggle, you know, there's just been this fight, the struggle for um, equality you know, for equality for women. But uh, let me not drag this. I have very awesome guests on the show today, and we want to talk about who's intimidated by strong women. And uh, I've got an amazing woman. She's an actress. Uh, she's an actress. She's a writer, a producer. She's a radio host. She's actually the host of Undiluted with Stella Damascus, all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. And um, an amazing amazing personality. She's also been a social advocate. She's been talking, you know, she's been raising her voice for women here in Nigeria and Africa and globally, to be honest. And um, I'm pretty much very excited to have her on the show, as well as uh, our friend, I mean, she's been on the show once, uh, Nina Bingham. Nina Bingham is an author, a life coach, clinical hypnotherapist. And yes, she came out with her, her book recently, her fifth book, um, once the storm is over, if I'm right. Nina, are you there? Stella, hi. Hello. Hi, guys. Hi, hi Alex. Okay. Hi. I'm very excited to have you guys on the show. Oh, okay. You know, this is very unscripted. So um, I'm just going to, first of all, say that, you know, the network has been acting really crazy. That's just mm-hmm. to add to the fact that I, you know, my voice is so, I mean, that's something we're still struggling with here in Africa, especially in my country, Nigeria. Um, yeah. It's not like... In Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, where Stella is, or in Oregon, where you are, we still have to struggle with <laughs> trying to make sure that you know internet, yeah. the internet connection, you know, adds up. So sometimes it 
puff and they come back on. But thank God it's an unscripted show, so whatever happens, you know, it's fine. It's great. Um, but it's nice to have both of you on the show, and we're still waiting for our other guests to join us. Um, but let's talk about let's let's um, let's let let me start with Stella. Stella, you um, you had a great and awesome show on Monday, and um, let me ask you, you know, um, one of the major um, theme of the International Women's Day, right, yeah. is celebrating women, is yeah. celebrating respect for women and love and appreciation. Yeah. And just the accomplishments that you know women have made so far. But yeah. I was going to ask you, what is your idea of a successful, accomplished woman? Who's a successful, accomplished woman to you? A woman who has been able to live her visions. We all have dreams growing up as young girls, but because of circumstances surrounding our gender, our environment, and all of that, we have what we call wishful thinking. But every girl has a dream. There's nobody without a dream. But the most successful of them all are the women who are able to live their dream and actualize their visions. You may not get to the end of it or the place where you hope to get to, but if you're living in it, if you're already in the journey of living your dreams and your visions, then I'll count you you as a successful woman. Okay, Nina, you know, I'm going to throw that question as well to you because, I mean, you're going to come in with a perspective. Um, who's uh, an accomplished woman to you? Well, I really like what um, I really like what Stella had to say, and I agree. Um, I think a successful woman is a woman who has self-actualized. Um, as Stella said, you know, to has actualized her vision um, and is pursuing her dream and not letting the challenges that pop up, you know, especially the challenges of being a woman in a paternal culture, stop her from moving forward. So I agree with Jill. I think um, a successful woman is a woman who tries to become her full potential in life. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, but now I'm, I, I was, I was going to say this um, because um, there's been a lot of conversation about, you know, sexism and, you know, just women having to fight for equal rights and just the accomplishments that women have made socially, politically and economic, economically, um, you know, and I was just, I was, I was, I was going to ask you this. How far do you think women have come globally? Okay. Stella or Nina? Uh, well, it's a conversation. We're having a conversation. We're having a round so I'm hoping that everyone can ship it. I mean, Stella, how... How okay? Let me ask you, Stella, because I mean, being an African yeah. woman, how yeah. far do you think women have come globally? Well, when it comes to globally, I'm going to say um, when it comes to America and Europe, um, they've been able to at least achieve up to uh, one third of the goals. I'm saying this based on the Commission on Status of Women from the United Nations and the Beijing Conference 20 years ago. So, based on the things that were outlined of about what women are expecting and where we're supposed to be, I would say a third of the world in terms of gender has been able to actually reach to a certain point where you can begin to recognize the the power and strength of a woman. But from where we are coming from, from Africa, I don't think we have gotten anywhere at all. You know, I'm not fooled by the few women that are in ministerial positions or in government positions. I'm not faced by all of that because we're still not halfway close 
to our full potential as regards you know, economic growth and all of that. And when it comes to self-development, you know, um, health, um, education, empowerment, farming, we still have issues with that based on based on gender, and, and that's that's what we're still fighting for. So I don't think that we have achieved up to half of what we want to achieve as women yet. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hello, Charles. Hi, Charles. Charles is on the show. Yeah, Hello, I'm Charles. on. Hello, Alex. Okay. Alex, how are you? I'm fine. Hi, everybody. I'm happy on the show. Hello. Hello, <laughs> Stella. Nina, that's, that's Charles. Yeah. Stella. Okay. Happy New Year. Um, we've been everybody. chatting just Same to you. Okay, we've been chatting just before you came on the show. Um, got on on the show, okay. Charles, and we're just talking about yeah. um. You know, it's Women's Month, and, you know, just running off the back of the International Women's Day celebration. And we're talking about, okay. you know, just how far women have come globally, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we were also trying to figure out who would you, who, who do you consider to be an accomplished woman. I mean, this is a conversation for women, but we also believe that, you know, you know women are loved by men as well. And we would like to have a man's take on how far you think women have come in terms of trying mm-hmm. to identified and be accomplished and successful? Yeah, I, I think that women have come a long way um, from where we're coming um, from way back. Um, as we speak today, I mean, let's, let's come back home before we go global. I believe in localizing, before we localize, we start from localization before we localize brands. Now, I think looking at the government of today, we have a lot of prominent women uh, in the system already. And then after the Beijing um, stuff, um, the, the government itself also became very, very, very um, um, sensitive to the plight and need of women and the woman folk. I think that the women have come a very long way um, from where, for me, going backwards and coming, looking forwards. Now, in terms of achievements, um, I think we have a lot of women that are very, 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 very. Um, confident now, and women are not reliant on the income of the male anymore. When you look at the workplace, you have a lot of um, independent women. So I think that women have come a long way, but not where they need to be because we still have the mental problem. The mental, it's a mental thing where women still see themselves as the weaker sex. And that's an internal mental thing, it's personalized, it's not on the external point of view. So I think women have come a long way, yeah. Does that answer the question to an extent? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that, you know, I, you're, you're right about that. I mean, I feel that way as well. Bjordan, hi, are you there? Hi, I can hear you. Can you hear me, Bjordan? I can hear you. Okay, fine. So we've been chatting. Um, okay, so we've been chatting. I mean, this is a conversation, so it's um, very unscripted. It's not an interview. It's really just us chipping in and just trying to, um, contribute and just maybe help somebody out there. Uh, I, I was I was saying that a lot of things are happening. Women have made a bit of progress politically, socially, and economically. That being said, there's still quite yeah. a bit of struggle. People are still fighting to yeah. um, be appreciated. They're still fighting for equality. They still want raising pay. And so I just kind of wanted to bring it down to our own personal experience in terms of how yeah. this relates to us. Let's 
and just, you know, find out, you know, what your thoughts are basically about mm-hmm. some of the issues that women tend to face, you know, their mental health, emotional health, sexual oh. health. There's a lot of oh. sexual abuse, uh, oh. domestic oh, abuse. Well, that, 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 is, that is, I agree with yeah. I'm listening. That's well, fine. We're listening. You know, I I just I think in this terrain, particularly if you if you work in the entertainment industry, which I'm sure that Stella can can call, is it is very difficult for you to want to come in and say that I want to stand out, I want to work based on merit. People do not really take you serious. You know, because they expect that you take through the shortcut. I'll tell you a good example. I mean, I've been in talks with um, a production company, trying to get them to do some stuff for me. And the man says to me that, I know that you can do it. The problem is that you are too ambitious. And I'm saying, I've never heard this one before. You know, and, <laughs> you, you know, you are too ambitious. And, and you you know, people who are too ambitious, they forget their room. You're a woman. And, I, and I'm thinking in 21st century, who, who talks like this? So yes, we do have some of these challenges, you know, where you you want to try and make a mark in your chosen field of career, and and men just do not see beyond, you know, the front and the back. They just don't see beyond your curve, your voluptuous self. They just do not see that there is more to it than than being a a double D and uh, being a I don't know. It is it is a, it's a, it's a struggle. Why <laughs> And I'm glad that it's okay, Nina. Let me. A- okay, Nina. Let me ask you this because you've gotten to work closely with women in terms of um, closely as um, a life coach and um, a, a clinical hypnotherapist and all of that, and you work closely with domestic um, victims of domestic violence. Um, what are your thoughts on some of the things that you, some of the issues you've had to handle? Well, I, th- I think domestic violence is still a big issue around the world. Um, yeah. I, I think in the United States it's still an issue. Um, and, yeah, I was a shelter advocate um, for what's called the YWCA. I worked um, in the domestic violence shelter for women and children, and I answered the domestic violence crisis line, and I uh, trained and coached survivors in getting employment and housing and equipping them with skills to increase their self-esteem and their confidence. But it's a it's a huge problem um, here in the United States and I think around the world. Um, and, um, you know, it, domestic violence really takes a big toll on a woman's self-esteem. Um, and then, of course, the kids are exposed to violence as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it really affects the whole family and it affects our culture. To, to a great extent. Okay, um, I, I was I was going to say this. You do you feel like I mean I mean we know that people have women are still trying to get some sort of recognition, but how how uh, what are the issues? What are the major issues that you feel that women still experience or encounter that sort of you know prove that you know there's a bit of sexism going on in terms of them getting um, equal footing with the other sex? What, what are the things that you think, I mean, what are the issues that you feel women still experience? Are you asking me, Alex? Um, I'm asking, you know, I'm throwing it out there. This is a roundtable conversation. So I'm I'm okay. going to ask, okay, let me ask Charles. Charles, you're a man, right? Hello, Charles. Okay, we've lost Charles. Stella. Stella. Yeah, Stella is here. Charles is there. Stella. Okay, let me ask you. Um, okay. Like I said, what are the issues that women still, yeah. you know, encounter? The issues that 
Okay. You know that when sometimes when I talk, people tend to want to chop my head off because of the <laughs> because of my ideas and my thought processes. Well, the truth of the matter is, I think we are going about this issue the wrong way in terms of women. Um, okay. Everybody yeah. is shouting. We are all fighting for gender equality. I don't mm-hmm. think that we should yeah. fight for gender no. equality no. as opposed to um, fighting for mm. our rights because women I have agree. their rights. Exactly. You know. So in yes. terms of that, I feel that in, in shouting equality, equality, we are losing sight of the fact that we have issues that are facing us, particularly as women. You know, I think we should deal with those things first before we start to look at equality, because I don't, I don't pay attention to equality. I pay attention to what, why are we not where we are supposed to be? Why is our mentality the way it is? Because the truth is, a lot of people are fighting for different causes for women. And most of the time, they set up their own organizations and they stand on their own. We have not been able to conquer that aspect of coming together as a unified front to say, okay, for this period, we are talking about child education. How do we make it happen? How can we come together and make it happen? Because we have a strong representation in the United Nations. But unfortunately, it's the, it's the same people that sit in those offices in the UN building that make these policies, that say the things they want to say. They don't have people like us coming together as a unified front to say this is the issue that we need you to sort out now, you know, for in, in, in terms of the things that women are looking at. Because we are still having issues with the kind of work we want to do and other people telling us you can't do it because you're a woman. We are having issues with that. But instead of us to fight for our particular rights, we are going to jump heads and talk about gender equality, which is far-fetched, you know, from, from where we're coming from. You know, so I, I think that if we try to understand what our rights are and educate women on what our rights are, then we can start from there and start building all of that. That's, that's what wow. I think. Mm. Charles, you want to say something? Yeah, you're there. Yeah, uh, um, I think Salah is right to an extent, but I defer somewhat because, first of all, how have the women themselves been able to... Um, um, a coalition that is very, very effective. Now, we have the United Nations, mm-hmm. yes, we have all the, um, 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 the global path in terms of all the, the um, we have documentation and empowerment policies, but let's leave that apart. How have women been able to put, put themselves into a coalition? That exactly. Is, well, more less, That's what I'm saying. Yes. Now, the women must be more organized. There must exactly. be a concerted effort. Now, you, you cannot create the impossible by standing alone. A, mm-hmm. what is, a forest, a tree doesn't make a forest. So yeah. the women must first of all come together to create what we call the, 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 the velocity, the movement that will yeah. create the global change. Now, we have all the documentation and all the movement in place in terms of legalities, but nothing is happening. Now, yeah. let, I want to go back to what I said before, the mindset. Mm-hmm. I think it's critical at this point we talk about the mindset of the woman. Of the woman, one, the woman must understand, and it comes with about it's about the education. Education is critical. Yep. The education system today does not create confidence in people. In the in, let me use the individual first of all. Mm-hmm. We must create the confidence. Women move around these days everywhere. You see women. They are very few of them have the confidence to stand their ground. First of all, who are you? What defines you? Is it about yeah. the money? 
about the sex, about, about, about your knowledge. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you have the confidence about your knowledge that you can do whatever, you can achieve whatever a man can achieve. It's about the confidence sure. and the self-worth. A lot of women move around with zero self-worth mm-hmm. because the society has conditioned women that way. Yeah. But it doesn't have, to, it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be that way anymore. The world is changing, and I've met a lot of very strong women, strong-willed women with focus. Okay, mm-hmm. look at me. Alex, this. You are doing this project right now. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot. I've known Stella the Martha for many years. She's mm-hmm. fought so many battles, mm-hmm. successfully. That's why the ups and the downs, yeah. but she's still standing. Yeah. I don't think she's going to say shrink yet. Mm-mm. But she's still standing. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> she's so funny because she, no, because she has a self-will. Yeah. She has a confidence. Mm-hmm. Now, if she can become that role model, mm-hmm. and then you, you guys create something that can be seen, that can be tangible, that can be felt, mm-hmm. I think we're gonna, you have a following already. Yeah. So it's about the self-worth yeah. and the confidence, and then the education is critical. Nice. And I'd like to okay. say something, I, 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 uh, I wanted to say hi, to Charles about, about hi about yeah. about what he said about the importance of education that we've yeah. got to educate women on their rights. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and it's interesting when you look at globally education. Mm-hmm. While mm-hmm. globally women are earning college degrees faster than men are, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, the wage gap the wage gap persists, and we're still struggling to for equality mm-hmm. in many occupations. Mm-hmm especially those which have been historically dominated by men. So women as a minority group absolutely must continue to insist on equality. I'm going to say something. I was just going to pick up from something that Stella said and Charles said and, you know, what Nina said. Um, I was having a conversation the other day with um, someone, and, you know, the statement she made, she said that, you know, women are their biggest enemies. You know, like, while we're supposed to be our biggest cheerleaders and our supporters, you know, back to, you know, the whole idea of we forming a coalition or coming together mm-hmm. is the fact that even even um, socially, women are still trying to find themselves and come together. Because it's funny how we, even, even when we talk about abuse, I think we abuse each other, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to come back, you know, I'm going to even come down to, you know, when we're talking about domestic abuse and domestic violence and all of that. I remember having a relative, um, an auntie, who's way back when we were young, her own children, the way she would punish her child was to put chili pepper in her child's vagina or oh genitals. Wow. That's her own idea of, oh, shut up. that's true, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they did to her too. And that's, yeah. you know, that's what a lot, and it's happening a lot, you know, in a lot of places, having, mm-hmm. you know, to her, that was, that was her just trying to scold her child or punish her child, but that's what she saw as training, as home training, and that's abuse as far as I'm, I'm concerned, and there's a lot of abuse, I mean, you have a maid or a babysitter that you treat, you know, lesser than you would treat your own sister or you treat mm-hmm. your own, you know, family or family or relative, and it just comes to show that even we women are abusing ourselves. Even you don't know someone. I mean, I'm sure mm-hmm. that you probably know a little bit about this. You've been bullied <laughs> online. Oh yeah. <laughs> a lot about being bullied online, and people just think they have an opinion about your life because you're out there, and they think they know what's going on in your life. So I think that you know, even we, even when we talk about violence and domestic violence and domestic abuse, we women 
still oh. are our biggest attackers. You know, I, I don't I don't oh, even know if we get you know. I totally yeah. agree with you, Alex. I, I totally I totally agree, in the sense that you know, it is, how can we talk of a coalition when the next person is envious, is jealous, and yeah. sometimes the jealousy is even unfounded. You ask someone, why don't you like this person? The person cannot give you any reason. You just don't like her. You know, it it is it will be it will be difficult for us to come together. And then you know, also talking about how we how we deal with sexual harassment and all of that. Until the woman will stand up and not see sex, the shortcut to getting the next big promotion, getting that fat check from that man, until we see that there is dignity in, you know, in working hard. Because at some we talk about why do why do these things still thrive? Why is there the domestic violence? Why is there still sexual abuse? I mean a woman is in a, in an abusive relationship or an abusive marriage and he, she's content, you know, don't worry, I'll use some Mary Kay to patch up the face just because the money is coming in. A lot of us, you know, we sell our souls for different reasons. And I, I, so it kind of boils down to the fact that you said earlier, we are our greatest enemies. We make choices that totally kill us, that malign us, that degrade us. And we go and we make those choices consciously, but most of the time not compelled to make those choices. We choose to make those choices. And so when the next person comes, and says, I want to stand out. I don't want to stand in the rain. I want to stand in the sun. That person becomes an enemy because that person has chosen not to do what everybody else is doing, which Mm -hmm. means that if a man believes, I can only get girls, I can only, only, you know, um, give you a job by you having sex with me because that is a norm for him. When you come and say, no, I don't want to do this. I want to earn this with my degree or with my efficiency, then then you sound, then then you are the weird one. Then you are like awkward because it's not the norm. You're breaking the norm until we women stand and know that this shortcut there's a better life. There's there's mm-hmm. you can stand in the sun. Then mm-hmm. this just less it will thrive. Abuse it will thrive. I think I think let me come in here. Sorry, I think it boils down to what Mr. Charles said before, as regards the mentality, women's mentality, the way we see ourselves. Because that's why I said in the beginning that instead of channeling every effort to fight for gender equality, let us first of all look at ourselves first. Look at the way we see life, the way we 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 operate, the fact that we can't even come together and have a unified front. Let me give you a small example. There was a, a, a time, I think a few years ago, I was in Nigeria, and I sent a proposal to a so-called government official. And I said, I have this initiative that I think will be a solution to the problem that we have with, with young females in this country. I sent it, and he read it and told me, oh, this is a very beautiful proposal. I like it. I've seen the money you're asking for. In fact, it's even very small. You should have increased it. I said, no, this would be okay for what we want to do to start. I gave him all the projection plans and all that. He looked me straight in there and he said to me, why do you want to suffer to do all this work when I can just give you money and put your name down and say that, you know, you have done contact for me? He said, look, you're too beautiful to want to work. Leave all these ambitious things for other people to do it. And I'm like, uh, if, if I wanted to give him money and a big man to give me money, I wouldn't even come to you. But as far as he was concerned, I am a woman, so I can't be strong enough or, or intelligent enough to do it. But trust me, that same week, a colleague of mine went to that same office. I didn't see any folder or anything because I had to keep going there. You know how it is the government works. The colleague of mine got the money, and whatever they did with the money, I don't know. 
So in my head, I'm thinking, is it that, you know, the only way to get ahead is to do mm-hmm. that? And and when other people yeah. see these girls going, getting stuff so easily, that's what they want to do. They don't want to listen yeah. to the person that says, look, exactly. do the hard work, do this and do that. Or you become public enemy because as far as they're concerned, you're ITK. So no matter how hard we try to fight, even in terms of domestic violence, you know I've worked with Project Alert and all of that, we see cases upon cases of women who still date the same kind of men who have the same traits. They attract men, even when they see the telltale signs, they still go into this relationship hoping that, oh, I can change him. If I cook more, That's or if dream. I give him more sex, or give him this, he won't get me. And it's the mentality. So that's that's the issue we have to deal with now. This generation that's coming up, how do we fix this mentality issue so they don't do the yeah. same things that we have done? Yeah. I mean, you have somebody advise you, telling you that, ah, yeah. You should count yourself lucky. At least he's taking care of driving a nice car, taking your vacation. No complaints. Can I come in here, please? Can I come yes. in here at this point? Yes. I listen to what Michelle um, just said. But I think this generation is a bit different from your generation. Mm-hmm. Um, with the internet, the IT, and infrastructure, and exposure to ah. global uh, globalization and the globalization of information. One, young. Women, ladies, and of today are more aware of rights. Uh, with the internet and Facebook and all that comes with it, there's so much information going around. Uh, no, I don't think Michelle, you are dealing with intelligent girls, and there are few. Let me no, tell you no, what no, Just before you continue, 
I believed that I was doing that. When I stood up and made that video that caught the attention of Al Jazeera and the World Bank, I went to the World Bank to speak on the issue. I was invited by Al Jazeera, and I had this confrontation with them, Senator Yarima, when he married that 13-year-old girl. And I felt in my heart that I was doing the right thing by speaking up. But the Mm. feedback that I got was from Nigerians Mm. who told me that I was speaking for attention by talking too much because I didn't have roles to play in films anymore. And because I was jobless, I was looking for attention. 80% of the negative talk that I got came from the same people that I was fighting for, women who are from Nigeria. That's the issue. So you okay. see, when I was saying that, the younger generation, okay. let me explain something to you. You know, before, okay. Okay. you will go, you will have to take transport or take a car, drive mm-hmm. to see a guy and all of that. This generation, mm-hmm. they are a psychedelic group. Because I was on set yep. one day, and a younger girl came to me and said to me, you people, you people are still. Now we have it psychedelic. People come and mm. pick us with choppers in VI. When they pick us with choppers, they take us <laughs> to Dubai. And the money that we are earning now, you people have never seen it before. Internet. Yeah. Because then we didn't have a lot of technology and all of that. But now, yep. people don't even get to see each other's faces before these young girls can use internet to do the things they want to do, collect money and yeah. work. I'm telling you, Mr. Charles, this yeah. is what we are How many? Work, How many? I, I work I, with these girls every day. Hi, Hello, Aisha. Aisha, guys. Aisha, yes. Hi, Aisha. Hi, Aisha. Hi, Aisha. Hi, Aisha. Hi, Aisha. Hi, it's nice, Can I just add something? Okay. Okay. This day yeah. now, the new generation of ladies and women that we have now are wiser. Guys, you don't, uh-huh. don't mm-hmm. let us mix things up. Those ones are wiser. I have my niece having issues with her boyfriend. Then another guy came. Apparently, she's been seeing one before this other guy came along. And the two of them met. On a good day, and I shall be like, you know, I'll be so scared and Think of how to put those things together. Did you know that this lady went in and slept? <laughs> she didn't care. She just said, Sister, yeah, anyone that wants to say she should stay, the one that wants to go should go. I, I, I'm not, we're not married yet. We won't dare do such things in our days. Hello? Mm. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so this one there, they are wiser generation. They, they don't give a hoot. Then are the days that we, you know, our mothers fell victim to those men. It's okay because I have children for him. I don't want to leave my children in the custody of another woman, blah, blah, blah. If my mother had known better, maybe by now I still have a mother. (laughs) This time, in our time, it was a little bit different. Now it's getting worse. This one will not even listen. At all. Psychedelic, like you said, Adi. Yes, that's what it is. Nina, hi, Nina, are you still there? Nina? Yes, I'm here. Hey, guys. Yeah. Okay, Nina, I I was just going to try and get um, a bit of a contribution from you because, you know, it seems like we're just having this conversation. I mean, what are your thoughts, basically, in terms of, you know, the issues that women, you know, are facing today, you know, still facing in terms of, um, emotionally or physically or mentally or even, you know, I mean, I remember you and I talking about, you know, um, eating disorders and things like that, you know. Does that have anything yeah. to play, role to play in terms of identity, you know, the identity that, the identity issues that women face? Yes. 
I, I think that there's several areas that um, women globally are faced with. One is um, sexual obje- objectification of women, mm-hmm. sexual object- objectification of women by the media. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, I think you know, as women continue to be objectified by the media, mm-hmm. um, it, it perpetuates eating disorders. We, uh, we're talking about that, you know, off, yeah, off air. Alice and I were talking about eating disorders. It's a huge problem here in the United States, and I believe it's because uh, the media uh, uses these images of beauty against women. And, in fact, I think, you know, the fashion and entertainment industries um, are maybe what you could call in a conspiracy to indoctrinate women into buying their products and molding women into these skinny, pretty little Barbie dolls. And so what we're seeing in the United States is a explosion of eating disorders. And, in fact, I was telling, I was telling um, Alex, uh, next month on my radio show I'm going to be talking about eating disorders and what it does to women's self-esteem because it's such a huge problem here in the U.S. And uh, the show is called Not Skinny Enough, Not Pretty Enough. And I believe, you know, um, this contributes that the media and the objectification, sorry, it's hard to say, of women, um, I think that greatly contributes to to uh, mental health issues, mental disorders. Can I just say something as well? Um, I, I don't think that the U.S. is the only one that is in the, that has this problem. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if we have eating disorder, but I think that we see a crisp of hot um, lifter, Waist cleanser, yeah, cream peels, cream peels, teeth whitening, um, hair as long, <laughs> hair as lengthy as yourself. Mm. You know, I think that that is the craze that we see now. Nails that are like talons of eagle talons. You know, mm. this whole artificial thing that you you yeah. actually uh, you look at and you're not even sure if this is somebody you know because everybody now is obsessed with being lighter and then having to suck in their tummy and having to lift up butt, you know, and, and all all whatnot. All sorts of things that it is it is insane. And you're and you're asking yourself why? Because women are no longer thinking they are beautiful enough. Because now they think that my brain is not enough to get me what I want. My brain is not enough for me to be identified with. How I look not enough. I need to do more. I need to change in my ways. I need to kill myself. I need to take really, you know, take drugs to make you look really thin. Because I hear now that there are pills that you pop, and then you can get lighter from the inside. And then, yeah. you know, I've heard that. And then I've heard yeah. pills that you can pop as well that just totally just burns all the fat. <laughs> And so nothing, and you know, I've had all sorts, and I'm wondering, I, I cannot even remember to rub cream in the morning. How can I eat some kind of routine? I think it's the same I thing. Do. This mental thing that Mr. Charles talked about, it's our mentality. It's, it's what we celebrate. It's what the younger generation want to see on television. They want to see it in front of the magazine. It's how the, the, the publishers would tell the uh, graphic designers to use Photoshop and make the girl, you know, have an hourglass figure, change the color of her skin and make her nose so pointed. And we celebrate mm-hmm. that because when you put an average-sized woman in front of a, of a magazine and she has her, her spots here and there and, you know, she's just normal. Nobody wants to see that anymore because in our minds, our mindset has told us that this is not perfect. So everybody has to be perfect. And then we go all out and do crazy things to be perfect because we believe that that's how we can be accepted, which is, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. 
I was yeah. just going to say, um, I like what you said about women having to be perfect. And, um, you know, my opinion is while more women have more money today and more mm-hmm. power than mm-hmm. ever before, yeah. um, in terms of how we feel about ourselves physically, um, we may actually be worse off than our quote-unquote unliberated grandmothers were. Yeah. Okay, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be back. You're listening to the Naked Talk with Alex Okorji. You're listening to the Naked Talk. It's so uncensored. She keeps it real. She keeps it straight. You tell it like it is no matter who's afraid to bear. <laughs> You're listening to the Naked Talk with Alex Okorji. Autographed copy of The Naked Experience by Alex Okoroji from Timid Girl to Confident Woman. It will make you laugh, it will make you cry, it will make you cuss, but most of all, it will be a great resource for you and your loved ones. Log on to www.alexokoroji.net to reserve your copy and win two VIP tickets to the book tour and match. Okay, we're back. Um, if you've been listening, you've been listening to The Naked Talk with Alex Okorji, and it's been a pretty interesting conversation, um, just chatting with, you know, the beautiful Stella DeMassas, uh, the very vocal Bjorn Stevens, uh, the cerebral Chalsa Tuzo, the very compassionate Nina Bingham, you know, the very <laughs> Aisha Bimbo, and just, you know, everyone just chipping in basically their thoughts about women and how far women have come, and, you know, just in celebration with uh, Women's Month, and it's been um, a pretty interesting conversation. If you're listening in and you want to contribute to this conversation, you can pick up your phone and call. Call in. The numbers to call is plus one two one five three eight three three seven six six. If you're calling from the uh, from outside the United States, you have to add plus one two one five three eight three three seven six six. And join the comments. I see a couple of people listening who've dialed in, but if you want to talk, you're going to have to use your hand raising effects. Press one so we know that you want to talk. Um, now let's let let's do this. I know you know there are lots of things that women experience um, from the emotion, like I said, from emotional health to mental health to physical health to social health, their economic health, and their sexual health. Um, but I think you know it would be nice to just pick one after. So let's talk about the sexual health of women. You know, how are women being? Um, you know, how far have women come sexually in terms of? First of all, being in touch with themselves or in touch with their sensuality or um, the perception of, you know, of, of sex as, as regards women, you know. Hello? <laughs> I'm here. We are doing hi. I'm here. I'm, I'm only going to say one thing. I think that from the point where our mothers were, I think that women are now more vocal. Women are now, women sexually now know what they want. 
I mean, what's upon it? He did not tell your husband that um, go down on me. He's going to ask you, what's up? <laughs> Who are you be rolling with? <laughs> you know? But at least now, you know, women are now more vocal. Women are going to tell you, no, 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 don't pound me like that. Do it small, small. They now know what they want. <laughs> they are being able to, they, they now are, why are you laughing now? They are now able to say, okay, this is how I, you know, so I think that the generation that we are in now, you know, sexually women are now more active and understanding what they want. I cannot say that everybody is in, you know, I cannot speak generally for the women that we are all in touch, but at least we have come to a point where we, we are now able to say, you know, I have identified my needs sexually. I want to be empowered as well sexually. And they, they, they are being vocal about it. I, I I don't know what's that Nina. Yes. Hello, Nina. Hi, Alex. I'm here. Okay. I, I, I was saying, I've been sexual health, you know, say anything you mm-hmm. want to say about that. Um, well, I, I think uh, that women have come a long way sexually um, in terms of their rights. I, I do think that, you know, certain religions um, and belief systems um you know, still believe against contraception. Um, But I think that, you know, most societies are promoting contraception just because of um, the population problem that we have. Mm -hmm. So I think most women are, you know, being given the right to access um, birth control, which I think is very important um, that they have that right. And I think um, many countries allow, um, you know, for abortions, uh, some don't. Um, but I think mainly women are being given um, being given their the right to their own body, you know, in terms of uh, yeah, birth control. I, I would like yeah. to see more countries um, empower women so that they have, you know, um, access to birth control. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because, you know, right here, like in Africa, I mean, before women would have like 10 children, I mean, they were just ba- basically baby-making machines. They, they couldn't say no. Or choose what they did with you know, or how you know choose choose means um, how many kids, children they wanted to have, or what they wanted to do with their lives. They wanted to have a career or be a stay-at-home mom. So I'm thinking that you know, that, you know with this, with some of the progress that women are making, women are able to decide: Do I want to have a career? Do I want to be? A, yes. You know, yeah. How many I want to have? Am I going to be with self-information? Actually, you know, women are also becoming very very vocal about. You know, yeah. Aisha, hi, um, are you there? I'm Hello, here. Aisha. Yeah, I'm listening. Even the yeah. economy advise you oh. to be very careful with okay. your children. Okay. The economy will advise you. You don't need that. Let me... Let me okay, so let's... Um, okay. okay. Before we finally end this part, you know, my our generation, we were not mm. taught, allowed to learn about being in touch with our sensual side. So yeah. we, it was like learning on the job. But this generation now, the good thing is the health aspect of it, which is very important, is what is being taught now that we yeah. didn't have growing up in terms of taking care of your private, the steps to take um, protection from um, STDs and then knowing the right vaccinations to take against uh, HPV that can lead to cervical cancer and things like that. So these are things that should be included in, in, in studying health science in schools and all of that because mm-hmm. this is what we didn't learn, but we were very lucky that you know some of us were not swept away by, by serious diseases that we could have had. 
now they are beginning to teach it. So it's now for us to keep encouraging them to teach these things so that they understand what it is, you know, to to be careful when it comes to sexual health. Because it's not just about the sex now, it's about your organs as well. It's about the safety, whatever you do. And some people that use different types of soaps to wash different types of areas that are not proper and stuff like that, you know. Mm -hmm. And then you're not talking your t-shirt. I'm like, where are you going? Are you going to the church? 
What are you talking here for? We sleep fast. Where are you going? I said, you know, you guys thought they better come outside. When they came out, one of them was wearing just his vest, no, no bottom. The other girl was holding her pants in her hand. What are you people doing? They are playing daddy and mom. These, nice. these, these, <laughs> these are children between age five and seven, they're yeah. about or eight. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. see, you begin to ask yourself, mm-hmm. what did they say they are mommy? Oh. So there is really no, it's, it's not too early. My, my kids are really young. Oh, and, mm-hmm. and I tell them, we have that conversation every time. I've already taught my four-year-old, mm-hmm. if you go to the bathroom, you take a tissue, you wipe up. You, you know, you wash your hands. You, you do it yourself. If anybody touch you anywhere, come home and tell mommy. I don't make it look as if it's a life of dread, death situation. Yeah. But I make her know that, look, you can touch mommy. Just let mommy know everything. If they touch your head, tell mommy. If they touch your leg, tell mommy. And that is how it is. I mean, my daughter came back three days ago and said, my friend raised up my skirt. I said, who is your friend? Is he a boy? He said, he's a girl. Tell her that mommy said she should not do that again. It is important. It is not but do you know, do you know that, that every way. Do you know that you, we also have to start teaching mm. our daughters very early, even at age of three, four, that they should not sit on any man's lap. Even if it's all yeah. right. I do that. I do that. Don't sit on a man's lap. Yeah. I I Not only our girls, our boys too are vulnerable. Yeah. My son is handsome. So there's a lady that calls him my boyfriend. I said, No, 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 don't go to that auntie. Anybody that calls oh. him my boyfriend, don't go to them. Oh. Most men, I, I, I've listened yeah. to men talk about their experiences, yeah. and most yeah. of oh. them were deserted by older women. How to teachers. I agree. I, I had a so we have to concentrate on the boy child thing, not just the girl. Yes. Mm-hmm. I had a I had a topic two years ago and one of the guys he came that was on my show as a guest, he came and he talked and we were talking about sex child sexual abuse. And mm. he said that from age six he's been having sex with his mother's workers. Two women yeah. age six sleeping mm. with him consistently for seven to eight years. By the time he was okay. fifteen, he was a sexual addict. He could not, and he could not oh. even date someone that was his age. He could only date people who were older because that was what he was used to. He took him a lot of, he took him a lot of therapy, a lot of prayer, a lot of counseling before he was finally able. That even by the time he okay. had his first girlfriend, he first girlfriend ran away because he was killing sex every minute. He was addicted. He was crazy. And that is the thing. These are the, the issues. I mean, also talking about. Uh, don't let your kids on anybody's lap. I remember vividly I was nine, I was about nine years old. My mother had sent me somewhere and I think I'd misplaced, I didn't, I didn't even misplace the transport money. But and you know when, oh. you know, like, you know, you, if you have a nine-year-old child, you can't even send them to go buy anything. But back then, they could send oh. us on air and you, know, you take a bus. And I was pretty tall for my age. And I'd gone to this place and I was at bus stop. And this man said to me, where are you going? And I said, uncle, I'm going to do this. He said, the same way I'm going. Let me, come, let's enter the bus. So we took a, the bus together. And he said, Pay, let me carry you on your leg. You know, as a child, I was not really sure what to do. So I said, okay. You know, I was thinking, ah, this money will be enough to buy for four. I get to the clinic, I will save it and buy this, this, that. You know, so I jumped on it and I sat on his leg. And I realized that I sat on his leg. It was adjusting his uh, something, trying to make me sit exactly. You know, and I felt something was not right here. So 
<laughs> the next thing that when they said bus call, doctor call, the bus stop. I said, over, 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 you know. I said, I said you can see where I'm going. I've gotten to the place. I jumped out and ran. You know, because hello, Alex. I it is, it is, it yes, is a sense. This happens. I was expecting something. Pardon me for being so naughty right now. The man in our midst has been quiet. Do you have such experience? Uh, he's, he's, he's about to say something. <laughs> That's why he's been going out. Okay. I'm suspecting you're going to say something like that. Okay, I'm listening to your experiences. Um, I have, uh, my first one is 18. Um, my, my last child is 14. And I have three daughters who have uh, the university. One has graduated from university. One is in university of about a final yeah. year now. And so... And my last daughter is about to leave secondary school, so I can tell you for free. Um, I have also experiences, but I can tell you my own experiences as a young man. I've been in situations where um, I've had people, men, making advances um, of, of, as of two, three years ago. But you see, what I've learned and I've tried to imbibe in our kids are very simple. I think I laid the problem, the problem on the parents. Parents these days are too busy running around. They don't spend time with the children. Yeah. Now, if you remember, all of us, I'm sure everybody in this conversation will remember, sometimes, sometimes, somewhere, my mother said this, my father said this, my parents yeah. said this, we should not do this. Those are, those are values that drive you for life. Okay. Parents these days don't have enough time. They don't even care. It's all about yeah. putting money on the table, paying the school fees, and that's where it ends. Mm-hmm. Now, Mm. I blame it on the parents because I spend a lot of time talking with my children. Yeah. I talk a lot. I remind them. And then, of course, there's also a big gap. When the Bible does, becomes alien to your family oh. and your family oh, yeah. and your life, there is nothing else that will solve the problem. Exactly. exactly. So we can talk about the, like, the, um, um, the globalization, Internet, overexposure, uh, academic and everything else. Let me tell you the problem. These children know no jack. They know only what they know based on exposure. Now, yes. parents have failed. Mm. Parents have failed totally. And it's not about the teachers. Parents pay school fees. They believe the teachers will train their kids. That's Everything, a zero, yes. zero, zero. Yeah, mm-hmm. Exactly. So let's go back home. The issue we are stopping today is simple. The home front is in the array. Some mm-hmm. fathers have six wives. Mm-hmm. They, don't stick to, they are not stable. Marriages are not stable. Parents are scattered. All. I mean, so what, what do you expect from such homes where the, the father does not show up? Maybe he shows up maybe once or twice in a year. Mm-hmm. The mother is busy hustling to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, nobody talks to these children. They spend so much time alone. So they yeah. grow up based on the, group, the external standards, influence, peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A new phone comes out. A girl of 12 years, 16 years, wants a phone of 180,000 air. And she gets it. That's crazy. And she gets it. The parents are even asked. Nina, that's right. The father might even borrow the phone to make a call. Mm. Without asking. Okay. Exactly. So Hello, Nina. Let's, go to Nina, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, Alex. Okay. I was going to ask you this. I mean, because you know, Charles did say something. You know, he mentioned something about you know, parents, you know, having to take the blame for, for just basically the fact that we don't get to spend enough time with our kids and, you know, just how that affects 
you know, them, you know, or affects the, 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 the things that they get to learn or the things that they're exposed to. And you being um, a clinical hypnotherapist and you've got, you know, you've gotten to work with people closely in terms of their mental health and, and knowing fully well that you actually experienced something really tragic recently. Um, and if, for those who don't know, um, Aisha, hello, are you guys there? Yes, I'm here. Hello? Yes, I'm here. Okay, um, Nina, I'm here. I wrote a book. She just wrote half. Okay, Nina just wrote a book. Her fifth book just came out. Um, it's called uh, Once the Stem is Over. And she, you know, she wrote that book basically, you know, from a, tra- a tragedy that she just experienced. She actually lost her daughter, her teenage daughter, um, to suicide. Oh. And uh, so, um, mm-hmm. I, I, first of all, I was, I was, you know, surprised that, you know, at how she was able to recover from grief and basically share her experience and her story. So, and I remember when we had the last conversation, Nina, you and I talked about if you felt any sort of guilt for what happened. I don't know if you remember. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here, Alex. I'm I'm tracking with you, yeah. Okay. And, you know, I remember we were talking about if you felt any form of um, guilt for not being able to figure out what was going through her mind and the things that she was dealing with, you know. So we're coming back to our responsibilities as wi- as women in the society, or as yeah. women, or as mothers, or potential yeah. mothers, so to speak. How do we handle mental health situations? How do you know what your child is going through mentally? Um, are they dealing with? Um, um, issues, are they dealing with uh, personality issues or mental disorders or depression or frustration? And the reason I'm asking Nina this is because this is someone who's experienced this firsthand. Not, you know, even though she was present and she was close to her child and being, she wasn't able to, I mean, Nina, I don't know if you want to take us through some of that, you know, um, critical experience just, you know, for the sake of those who are listening. Yeah, 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 I'd be happy to. Um, So my daughter in 2013 she was severely depressed for four years um, since the age of 11, so that's a long time. And uh, in 2013, she went off her medication. She was on an antidepressant, and um, she just stopped taking her medication because she was afraid it would make her fat. She didn't. She was afraid that if she, you know, didn't lose weight, that her high school friends, the girls in high school, wouldn't like her. And so she stopped taking her medicine, and when she stopped taking her medicine, it increased these suicidal thoughts, and then she acted on it, and she committed suicide in 2013. So really what really caused my daughter's death is not so much the antidepressant and going off the antidepressant as her not wanting to gain weight and her wanting to fit in with all the skinny girls at high school. And, you know, it was an eating disorder, actually, that... Um, her death. I didn't find out that she had an eating disorder until she passed away, and I found her diary and found out that she had been um, at lunchtime at school. She would eat, and then she would throw up at school. So I had no idea about this, and I think that I think a lot of teens and a lot of young women are dealing with an eating disorder problem, and it and it can be deadly. It can be deadly. Wow. Oh. But let me let me now ask you this, Nina. Let me now ask you this. I mean, you've been you've been trying to get deal with you know all of that grief and pain and trying to um, get over it. Now, for for women, for other women who have to deal with some form of depression or 
grief, you know, um, because, again, we're talking about progress in terms of how do we get to deal with the pain that we feel. Because every day as women, we're struggling to make ends meet. We're trying to build a career. We're trying to build a home, family. You know, we're trying to get in touch with our sexuality and, you know, just our economic stand, you know. How do you, what would you, I mean, you coming from uh, a psychological, from, from, from a mental uh, perspective, what would you advise women to, to do as regards being more in touch with what's happening to them and their children and their family, you know, other people around them? Right. Um, okay, so here in the United States, mental illness is a really big problem. Um, it's almost, I think, you know, between um, depression and anxiety problems, um, a good majority of of the United States population is actually considered has a diagnosis, has a mental health diagnosis. So we have a lot of people here that are depressed or anxious, and then we also have other people who have other mental disorders such as bipolar disorder and things like that. So it's a big issue here in the United States, and I think you know it is globally. It's just it's just um, you know I think a lot of people in in developing countries don't have access to mental health care or they don't have access to um, the medicine, you know, that they're going to need for, the, for their mental illnesses. So um, my, my, I guess, my recommendation for parents is to keep a close eye on your child, especially if you have a teen or young adult, because they are more vulnerable. Um, high school is a very difficult time. Um, junior high, you know, these are very vulnerable um, ages. For kids, and they're comparing themselves to their their peers. They're comparing themselves, um, and so you know they want to be skinny enough. They want to be pretty enough, and so I think those ages, the, the junior high and high school ages, you really, really have to watch your kids and try to be as connected to them as possible. But we all know that can be really difficult because sometimes kids don't want to talk to their parents about their problems. You know, a lot of times they rather talk to their friends about their problems. But I think, you know, the, the most important thing we can do as parents is just try to stay connected to our, our young people. And, and you know, get involved. Ask them questions about their lives. Ask them questions about, you know, are you feeling depressed? You know, um, and, and educate yourself on depression. If you don't know what depression looks like, we have, you know, a million articles on the web about it, you know. So if you have access to the web, go and, and educate yourself on depression and anxiety because so many kids have these two issues going on. Thank you, Nina. Um, I, I, so, you know, still still moving and we're talking about, you know, um, just the role of women in the society. Um, let me ask you, if someone's going to ask you, what exactly is the role of a woman in the society? I mean, what would your thoughts be? Charles, let me How ask you, you're a man. From a man's perspective, right, what would you say the role yeah. of a woman is in the society? Hmm. I, I think the role of a woman is very, 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 very um, 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 strategic. Um, they are gatekeepers. I want to use the certain words that are very, very deep and then deeply rooted in, from the biblical role of women. Um, the woman makes the home. The woman is the, um, is the homekeeper. The woman is is a gatekeeper. The woman um, is meant to create a comfort zone for the man. Um, then globally now, on a global scale, the woman's role is 
successful man because the, behind every let me go to the global talent behind every successful man there must be a woman. Um, so a woman's role is too strategic. You cannot find a very successful man without finding a woman behind him or somewhere. So women are meant to be the the women are stronger than men emotionally. They are the backbone. Now, there's, the head cannot fall short of the neck. The, the head, no matter how heavy it is with the brain and everything else, without the neck, it can't function. So the woman is the neck to the head. So you cut off the neck, the head, is, the, head, the head is totally useless. So a woman's role is very strategic and enhances the function of the man, not the other way around. And then globally in the society, the woman's role is more of an enhancer. She's a peacekeeper. She maintains um, the peace. She also ensures that um, the man <laughs> is standing upright. So she's the hand that is never seen. So she's the backbone. People will say that women, women are meant to be seen, not heard. I don't agree with that. Women are meant to be seen and heard subtly. Subtly. That's my personal opinion. I have a very strong woman in my house. I've known her for 20 years, and for me, I've grown to a point where I've learned to understand that without my wife, I would have been nothing. And women are deeper spiritually. They see things men don't see because they are stable. They are more emotionally stable than men. Men are busy running around trying to pay bills, trying to make ends meet. Women do same, but they are more, their makeup is a bit different. That's what I think about that. That's my opinion. I stand to be corrected. We have a lot of women in the house. <laughs> and, or I call them I'm okay. a, a women warrior. <laughs> Real women warrior. <laughs> yeah. Um, does anyone want to add anything? Nina, what, you, what, what would you say? Um, Stella, you're the, the role of women in... Um, okay, let me let me, let, let me ask you uh, politically. Let me ask you this politically. Um, what do you what are the role what what is the role of of a woman in politics? I mean, let me. Do you feel that there are enough women in politics, changing policy, you know, involved in the conversations of the policy and the the welfare of the community? Do you feel like you know there or we, do you feel like women do not have a place there? Or do you think more women should get involved? And how do you think that women can get involved politically? Do you feel like, you know, politics, you know, women should be more involved in, not just in politics, yeah. but, you know, the policy, the conversations, you know. Yeah, you know, what, you know I said it before, of, but whenever, you know, I said it that when I talked, they chopped my head off. Like when I was saying that I'm not faced by the the few amount of women that are in some positions and all of that, I'm, that I'm not satisfied with the fact that we still don't have enough women as policy makers because I, I tend to think that sometimes they just fix some women there just to shut our mouths so that we don't feel marginalized. But the truth is we still do not have enough female policy makers. We still do not have enough women in the government. We still do not have enough women in managerial positions in different um, multinational companies and all of that making decisions for us and everything. So, so that for me is an issue. Well, and going back to... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And going back to I agree with Stella. Yeah. yeah. So going back but to what, dis- um, yeah. you disagree with? Okay. No, go ahead, go ahead. I agree with Stella, but I, defend, I agree that we don't have enough women in politics. We don't uh-huh. have enough women out there. Uh-huh. 
most of the time, the politicians just pick women and fill the, the spaces where women will not be too um, ag- um, too overseen or, or aggressive. But I but I have a, I defend so in, a, in a different area. I think that women, it's time for women. This government has done a lot for women. We have a lot of visible women in government. I've also just tried a bit. But this government has pushed, pushed it a notch up. Now, I think that women should become a bit more visible. I'll give you an instance. If you are winking in the dark, you are winking at yourself. You are doing so well in the business. You need to come out. You need to be seen. We, politics is not a game of, of the individual. It's a game of numbers. Now, if you want to be seen and noticed politically, you must be, you must be visible. And I think that a lot of women, they've taken the, the back burner table, the, the back burner seat. And they you don't know why? You know why? You know why they're taking the back burner? It's because of what you said before, that it's a game of numbers. When you don't have enough women supporting the woman, there's no way she can come out and be successful. So it's Mm. the thing you said before Mm. that we're going back to. You know, I have a friend that really wanted to go into politics, and when she started attending their meetings, they told her if you don't have up to a certain percentage of women following you, go and gather market women, go and gather this. She didn't have. And they told her, okay, you know, as women, this is what we do for you. We'll tell you how to dress, we'll tell you what to say, we'll tell you places you go and drop money and they can put you in, and that's as far as you go. And they told her, point blank, because they said, if you don't have enough supporters, there's nothing that we can do for you. And really, women will not come out and, and, and support a woman. They just feel, why should she be the one that's going to rule? Why should she be the one on top and all of that? It's, it's still a difficult process to even get people to sit with you and say, I want to do this. What do you think? Let's plan. And you now gather women and think that they would actually sit and plan with you. It's it's been a problem, and that's the issue we're oh. still facing till now. And and, and okay. another thing I'd okay. like to raise is, you know, you know, even the women that have been in ministerial positions, especially in Nigeria, I don't know if it's coincidence or if whatever it is that they have to face some serious, scandalous, controversial issues concerning money and mismanagement of funds. All the time, you will have a female leader who's making waves and something happens to that woman, and you begin to wonder. And other people get scared, you know. Let me not go in there, let me not put something on my head as a woman. Let me just stay and just do my little job. And and that that worries me as well, because I don't understand it. Okay. Hello? Um, Hello? Yeah, Aisha. Can I say something? I have noticed in my amazement over the years that it's it's so sad that mm-hmm. the worst enemy a woman could ever have is a woman somewhere. Hello. For instance, when you get married, the most troublesome in-laws you have, apart from a mother-in-law, are the sisters-in-law. I don't know how that happens. You've got to be a woman is a woman's enemy. That's what I conclude. You mean you're living on the street, you don't know this lady, you just your eyes just mate. You could get eyes, she just eyes you for no reason. Women just have this issue with other women, whether you know each other or not. <laughs> you probably might not have issues with your father in law. For those of <laughs> us who have been there. I think will tell you I'm, that was I'm, the way she too was treated. I don't know where this is coming from. Did you watch those movies? Monsters in law. This mother deals with that woman and she has to deal with someone else. 
I'm you know why I'm laughing? You know why I'm laughing, Alex? Because Mr. Charles is probably wondering in his head right now. I'm talking to these women and I'm trying to tell them exactly how I feel about why they're not getting what they're getting. And they're pointing at their own jobs by themselves. So how do we move forward? <laughs> it's crazy. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. That's why women are so, so very special, very special beings. Okay, let, let me let me let me play like a little. This I know that you know International Women's Day was is pretty much about celebrating, you know, women who have accomplished quite a lot. You know, it's a, it's a celebration of respect, appreciation, love, and all of that. Let me ask everyone individually. Let me start with you. Let me start. Let me. Where should I start with? Uh, who should I start with? Okay, let me start with Charles. Let me start with the one man in the house. Um. Who would you say, mention one woman that you actually have a lot of, you know, res- who you think has accomplished a lot and you have a lot of respect and regard for, and you think should be celebrated? In Nigeria today? Globally, wherever. Yeah. You know, just one woman that comes to mind. Hmm. I mean, I this is Women's, this is women's Month, so let's talk about one woman who's struck your, who's gotten your attention and you think should be, you know, is, okay. has accomplished mm-hmm. quite a few mm-hmm. women. Right. See, actually, three women okay. come to my mind. The first one is... Um, Professor Grace Alele Williams. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. She was very strong. Mm. She was a very strong and firm character. And um, she, 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 I think she dared to tread where most men would not even tread. And she stood her uh-huh. ground and she got away with it. Uh-huh. Second mm-hmm. person is um, Margaret Thatcher. That's mm-hmm. a woman I respect a great deal. From, mm-hmm. Now, let me move away from this sterner stuff to the softer stuff. Princess Diana mm-hmm. was a strong mm-hmm. brand. She yeah. presented certain values, yes, but she had her own weaknesses. And I, 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 want to, I, I think I have like four people. Mm-hmm. Then the fourth one actually is my wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because because that's the woman. Don't mention the name. <laughs> because the we asked him to mention one woman and he gave us four. Yes. Yeah, but they are, because they all have different attributes. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. And um, and um, but because all these women stood through the thick and thin of it all under yeah. different circumstances, and they didn't lose their character. So, no, um, let me just say this. Um, if you're calling into the show, I see a number of people calling into the show. If you want to contribute to the show, please use your hands, raise the number, just press one, so we know that you want to talk. Um, because we see like quite a lot of people call. You want to speak to either Stella or Nina or Charles or Biodu or Aisha. Feel free to dial one, so we know you're trying to, you know, communicate and contribute to the show. Um, sorry to, <laughs> so yeah, uh, we're still talking about women. Who's intimidated by, you know? Uh, let me ask you this. Um, okay, we're gonna go back to who, which, you know, which one woman you'd like to celebrate. But let me ask you this, because I, I, I said it at the beginning of this, um, before Charles, before you got on the show, and Aisha and Biotu, I said that, you know, something struck me. I was reading a book over the weekend. It was a book written by Farrah Gray, and he said, you know. Strong women only intimidate weak men. Mm. Do any of you agree with that? Yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree because I've had a, an experience, so I agree totally. I'd like to add something to that. Really, too. I'm a very strong I, woman. Yeah. I think many women uh, are also intimidated by powerful women. Yes. I think yes. many yes. women um, compete and compare with each other. Uh, yeah. Instead of encouraging each other, uh, I know yeah. this to be true in the American culture. Um, we're actually socialized to compete and compare with one another, and so I think many women um, are in this comp- this great huge competition with one another, and 
Mm-hmm. And I, so I don't, I don't think it's just men. I, I think also women are very intimidated, intimidated yeah. by each other. Strong women, yeah. Okay, um, Nina, let me ask you this just before I go. To, I was going to go to Biodu, but let me ask you one woman that you think should be celebrated or deserves to be celebrated uh, with the international women's. It's some, a woman that you feel has accomplished a lot and basically struck a chord in you. Okay, is that for me, Alex? For Nina? Yes, that's for you. Yes, that's for you. Nina. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I think while women have you know, sort of breach the power structure of government. We were talking about government. I want to rewind to that. Um, I think women policymakers are kind of few and far between, and because of the lack of political leadership in government um, among women, that we're not being fairly represented in, in government. And so for me, you know, the first person when you said that that popped to mind was, um, was Hillary Clinton because uh, she's going to be running for a presidential office, and um, not very many women, you know, represent um, women's rights and, and women's issues. And so I guess, for me, any woman who is brave enough to try to break that ceiling and break through into government mm. is, you know, kind of a heroic figure for me. Biadu, is there any I woman that comes to mind for you? that you I am very tempted to say me, but... <laughs> 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 Why you? Okay, fine. Let's talk about you. Ah, <laughs> oh, why me? It, it would be a long, it, it would be a long, um, it would be, it would be a long epistle. But you know, um, I, I, I think, that, I think that I have everything that I have managed to be today is because of the experience that I've had, you know, and some of those I share on, on the, on, on the show on radio. So I'm, I'm sure some of them you know because I'm very vocal about my life. I was. You know, I think that anybody, no, no, no particular person comes to mind, but I think that any woman who has been able to break barriers, who has been able to break down walls, who has been able to do, who has been able to stand out as as a woman, as a mother, as a wife, as a creative. Okay, Stella, let me ask you one woman that you think comes, one woman that comes to mind. Okay, um, I would pick up Lima Bowie. She's a Nigerian and. She's the woman that actually ensured that the war in Liberia stopped. She has this uh, documentary they did on her, Pray the Devil Back to Hell. She's the one that took all the women she could find in Liberia to stand outside the sun for days and stand in front of the door where Charles Taylor was having his meeting, and she was arrested, beaten. A lot of things happened to her, but she ensured that the war in Liberia stopped, and she also made sure that Liberia had its first female president, Ellen Johnson Sirleaf. So she was instrumental to all of that. She fought battles, she fought the government, she fought the military, just by standing and speaking and pushing and fighting. And to me, that woman deserves a lot of celebration. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, well, we're almost, we're getting pretty close to almost wrapping the show. Um, but, you know, I was just going to, first of all, say thank you so much for just taking out the time. I mean, we've never had this many people on the show. It's almost a little mini market, but I'm liking the conversation because you know it's it's raw, it's straightforward, you know it's open, and we're able to just contribute. And it's nice to have um, very vocal people. I mean, Stella has her own show on the Luther with Stella the Masters, where she's pretty much you know very open about a lot of issues on her show. Um, same with Biotin. too has a show on Terrestrial Radio. Whispers, where she gets to whisper about so many things. I think there's a show tomorrow. And um, Nina also has a radio show, Living Enlightened, wow. on Charlotte, <laughs> where she, you know, gets to coach quite a number of people and, you know, 
um, talks to them about their personal issues. So it's really nice to have very vocal, powerful, strong women. Um, if I was going to yeah. answer, answer that question, I would think all you women on the show today actually make up one of, and I'm not being, oh, God, I'm not being really choosy right now. But I do have a lot of respect and regards for for all of you, really, um, because, you. I mean, I've seen Stella. Let me use Stella, for example. Stella knows I'm a big fan. Um, I, I know a bit of the struggle. See her stand through. She's been in the industry for so long. I don't know how she can stand being, you know, <laughs> stand some of the things that she has to deal with. But, you know, it just kind of it kind of also lets you know that I, I realize that, you know, you, you, you get a position when you're actually doing something really good, you know, something really powerful. Yeah. So you know that for me is you know and Nina Nina is one of one of uh, one of those people I actually call my blessing for 2015. Just you know trying to first of all I never know how anyone could go through the, tra- the tragedy that she went through and still stand and be able to be so joyful and positive and compassionate. And so just listening to you share also your experience with other people, you know, being able to write about your. Um, you know, the things that you went through and still be able to find some form of peace, I think that also just teaches me something. And Biodun as well. You know, Biodun is very vocal. <laughs> She's a uh, multitasker. Uh, and Aisha, you know, who's, you know, the convener of Unity Foundation and having to deal with men all the time. She's always, you know, uh, she doesn't let anyone talk any woman down. She's pretty much what I call the essential feminist, you know, and um, Child, you're not a woman, but you know I have a lot of respect for you. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a woman, but you know I have a lot of respect. And you know, I think the show is not just for women, but for also for yeah. men who yeah. also love women and appreciate yeah. women. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to have a man on the show and get his own perspective yeah. about women and just how we can all make you know some positive contribution to the society. Yeah. So I think that this conversation is pretty going to be illuminated for a lot of people listening. I mean, for those who get to, if you get, if you are going to miss the live show, they can always, you know, listen back to the archive show on the podcast and just listen to all the things that you all have shared on the show. I think there's a lot of, you know, wealth of wisdom, basically, that was passed through, you know, all talking about, you know, women in politics and our emotional health, mental health, sexual health, and all that. I think there's a lot to learn and pick for this, and I'd love for you guys to come back on the show. Um, but it's nice to have you all, yeah. and uh, Thank you. I hope we can do this again. Maybe some other time with something, you know, some, or maybe I could just be That's on, you know, or we could network, you know. Uh, we could have Nina on Whispers or on Undiluted. Yeah, or, that'd be lovely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So um, I think, you know, I mean, this is the first step. Someone whispers well. Exactly. You know, I think this is the first step, first of all, to us just building a coalition and networking. And there's something, Nina, you said to me about bringing world leaders together, thought leaders together and connecting and networking and encouraging Mm -hmm. one another, you know. Um, somebody was like, oh, why are you going to get on the show? You're going to bring somebody who has another radio show. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, so, and <laughs> first of all, you know, the fact that, <laughs> you know, the fact that, you know, we're all, we all, somebody, you know, something that resonated for, for me, um, there's a particular song, you know, Alicia Keys, we're all, why we're here, we're all here. And, you know, it comes yeah. to me thinking that we're all here for all of us so that we can support yeah. each other, we can motivate each other, we can encourage yeah. each other, and, you know, we can, you know, promote each other. So it's really nice to have done this, and I'm so honored. I think honored is a word, actually, because I have a lot of respect for all of you. So, um, Thank you. Well, any final words? Any final words on how we can go about influencing our community positively? 
I think we should start one step at a time. Now that we have, if we can discover up to five or ten people who have like minds and share the same vision yeah. and want to achieve the same goal, it's up to us to start networking and yeah, itemizing exactly. things that we want to deal with. Then we can go from there. I agree. Thank you, Nick. Thank I, you. I no, think that's that, true. That's nice. Yeah, I think that it's critical at this point not to look backwards anymore, but to look forward and mm. set an agenda, yeah. an agenda of positivity. Um, a committee action mm-hmm. and then decide to be the lone voices in the wilderness that yeah. will create not just an echo but a resounding, resounding mm-hmm. echo that will resonate not just in the mind or in the heart but beyond that to create an impact that will also move other people to join the movement. Mm-hmm. I'm proud and I'm happy sure. to be part of this and um, I'm available anytime um, to add value to whatever the discourse is in terms of gender equality, um, moving the discourse beyond the talk. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't like just talk. I, I like the yeah. action, where we move from the talk, what next? Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is a step okay. in the right direction. Mm-hmm. What next? We need to move beyond the talk now and create affirmative action. I'm proud to be part of this. I'm, sure. I'm, proud to, I'm happy to have had this interaction with this, this, um, this strong brand in the marketplace. And I, I hope and I wish... I can add more value beyond this talk. Oh, thank, thank you. you for the opportunity. Yes, you to can. Thank you, thank you so much. You. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. It was very lovely to meet you all. Thank you, Alex. It was nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, guys, if you're listening to this, if you're still listening to the Naked Talk with Alex Okorski, and um, it's been a pretty illuminating conversation, actually. Very exciting to listen to all of this beautiful um people with their perspective and their thoughts and their their uh, contributions as to how um, we women can, you know, be more effective in the society and how we women can contribute more and, you know, just elevate ourselves and support each other and, you know, support them. I mean, you don't have to be a woman really to support a woman. And if you're a woman, um, hey, it's fine for you to just, you know, want, you know, want better for a fellow woman and all of that. So it was nice having this conversation, and I'm, I was, I'm really grateful for all of the powerful people who were on the show today. Thank you, Stella. Uh, if you ever need to find Stella, um, Stella is all over the net. I mean, Stella is uh, a pretty famous Nigerian actress and uh, um, radio host, producer. I mean, she has her own show, On Diluted, with Stella Damascus on iTradios.net every Monday. So um, if you want to follow Stella's show, don't forget to you know, check her out there. And, of course, Biodo also has a show on radio, Terrestrial Radio, on Whispers, but I know it's going to be on podcast very soon, so um, you can follow Biodo as well. And Charles Atuda is a pretty famous international um, brand strategist, and, you know, I think he's on Twitter. Um, you can find him on Facebook if you need to connect with him and, you know, communicate with And Nina as well, Nina Bingham. You know, Nina Bingham is... Um, uh, you can find Nina Bingham's book, uh, Once the Sum is Over. You can go to www com and get a copy of her new book. Um, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. You know, you're going to find out how to deal with grief and just how she, I mean, she shares a bit of her story and just how she was able to overcome grief and get, reclaim back her life. Um, Aisha Abimbola is also on social media. You can find her. She's also the convener of the Unity Foundation, and she's been pretty um, vocal about her support for women, for women's rights, as well as trying to bring people together. And I think she started um, a new campaign, Tom's Not Fist, um, you know, just basically trying to educate people on, you know, the negativity of 
uh, electoral violence. And I think she has that video right now trending on social media. So it's nice to have got everybody together. And um, I can't wait for us to do this again. Uh, meanwhile, um, if you're listening, you can still go to my, you can go to my online store. Uh, I just launched my online store, com, And grab a copy, you know, my audio diary is coming. Alex's audio diary is going to be released next week on the 19th of March. So you can get a copy of that. There's a lot of inspiration there to for you into celebration. Until we do the same time. Or no, this is special another time next week. Uh, we're back on Wednesdays, every Wednesday or Friday specials, uh, don't forget, um, it's okay for you to be who you really are. You don't have to apologize. An expression is a sign of strength, not weakness, so don't apologize for who you are. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Alex Okorji, on Instagram at Alex Okorji, or you can just go to my official website, me. I thought I had a cracked voice, but, you know, it's, it's, been pretty, it's been a pretty interesting show, and I had so much fun just listening and learning so much more from my guests. Um, till we talk same time next week, don't go away. Have fun, and uh, I'll catch you. You're listening to The Naked Talk with Alex Okorji. You're listening to The Naked Talk. It's so uncensored. She keeps it real. She keeps it straight. She tells it like it is no matter who's afraid to bear. <laughs> You're listening to The Naked Talk with Alex Okorji. Autographed copy of The Naked Experience by Alex Okoroji from Timid Girl to Confident Woman. It will make you laugh, it will make you cry, it will make you cuss, but most of all, it will be a great resource for you and your loved ones. Log on to www.alexokoroji.net to reserve your copy and win two VIP tickets to the book tour and match. registered member of Alex's blog community, ABC, then what are you waiting for? Join now to receive updates and all activities on Alexander and her naked thoughts at www.alexokoruji.net to contribute, interact with other interesting ABC users and win special giveaways. QTAB Events, your one-stop shop for A-class events and entertainment, international audit management and promotion, logistics management, project management and brand enhancement with affiliates across South Africa, UK, Benin Republic, Togo, Ghana, Ivory Coast, Burkina Faso and Cameroon. Won't you rather let our dynamic team treat you like the respectable client that you are? Take it away the stress from your business. 